Hello everyone, this is Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, the weekly podcast for anyone currently experiencing trauma, pain, shame, guilt, anger, and wants to eradicate these negative emotions. I'm your host, Grace Upper. I'm a survivor of domestic violence. Welcome listeners to another thought-provoking episode on Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. At one point, during the ongoing inquiry into the tragic fire at Greenfield Towers in June 2017, Eric Pickles, now Lord Pickles, the Secretary of State for Communities and Local Government between 2010 and 2015, illustrated with ease an attitude that has become all too common in many parts of the public sector. A lethany of miscommunication, poor governance and misguided policy in government departments. Intentionally or not, Pickle's testimony was a demonstration of the general indifference within government departments and the wider public sector for endemic system failures that ultimately led to this tragedy. By way of an explanation as to how central government works or doesn't work, he said, and I quote, I think there was a kind of mindset that existed in parts of the department that just simply ignored what was happening made a view about what we were and came to it. While not being the minister responsible at the time of the tragedy, Pickles nonetheless displayed a remarkably insensitive attitude when giving testimony. In an expression of his condolences to the families of the child and exfociated victims, he urged the inquiry to use your time wisely because he had an extremely busy day meeting people. He later apologised for the discourteous remark, but remained uncontrolled in the process, displaying his general ignorance regarding the remit of the inquiry and details of the tragedy in general. Aside from the Greenfield tragedy, there are too many similarities between various parts of the public sector when it comes to systematic negligence and avoidable failures. Time and again over the years, there are repeated examples of people treated at best indifferently and at worst appallingly by the state. It is a perpetual struggle to get basic answers to issues, commitment on future policy or assurances on pledges. In the areas of health, education, police and local and national government, bad cultures and the shirking of responsibility becomes ever more reinforced the longer they are allowed to continue. Conscientious professionals who could make a real difference are ignored, sidelined and eventually driven out, worn down by adversity, their roles filled by the placements who will do anything for an easy life. For these people left in charge, the glib answer to all eventualities and tragedies is lessons will be learned, but they never are. Time and again, it appears that organizations with the same objectives are just not working together. A framework for cooperation is either tenacious or non-existent. There is often a poor working environment within individual organizations and a lack of support or encouragement for the staff who most need it. The death of Victoria Kalembe in February 2000 is a perfect illustration of institutionalized 
failings on a massive scale throughout all of the organizations involved in this tragic case. As was revealed in evidence given to the inquiry that ran from 2001 to 2002 from various local authority, social services, hospitals and primary care. The Metropolitan Police and church groups all reveal a damning picture of incompetence and deficiencies at every level. This included councils that were understaffed, underfunded and poorly managed, numerous allegations of negligence, failures in safeguarding, a lack of professionalism, poor supervision, the deliberate withholding of documents, dismissal of serious concerns, misdiagnosis, of injuries, the obstruction of police investigation and the wholesale acceptance by church ministers of demonic possession. As Mondium states resolutely towards the end of this interview, there should be some sort of corporate punishment as someone should be held culpable. People at the top should be called to account for these children being caused serious injury or death. Nobody seems to be held accountable when children die not least those earning a large salary. The buck doesn't stop at the top. It rarely makes it beyond the bottom. Mordium is being frank and honest when he says, I quote, it will be extremely difficult to totally eradicate child abuse simply because within society, there are people out there who are just determined to hurt children because they are vulnerable and defenseless. They are just vicious people who are determined to hurt children. The past catalogue of failings and subsequent improvements in child care are detailed by Mondium in this in-depth and revealing interview. Welcome listeners to another episode of Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. Today's episode, I'll be talking to the director of Victoria Kalembe Foundations, Mr. Mordium. Welcome, Mr. Moore. Thank you. Thank you, Grace. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you started uh, with the foundation? Grace, it's an, an honor to, to participate really in your program and, 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 and to be with you today. Um, Thank you. The foundation was, was initiated um, post Victoria Klembye um, inquiry. I mean, the inquiry into the death of Victoria Klembye. Um, we worked very closely with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Klembier at the time, the parents of Victoria Klembier, um, advising them during the course, um, advising and supporting them during the course of the public inquiry. Um, as you may know, they were not of um, England, of the country, and um, speak very little English at the time and were French fluent or French speaking. And within the foundation, we had those tools. Um, and um, during the course of, of the inquiry, um, our role really was to ensure that they, they understood how their daughter came to die, um, to ensure that their voice was represented within, within the public inquiry led by Lord Laming at the time. Um, and post, um, public inquiry, as you know, a report was published with recommendations and then in response um, from the government, the Green Paper was established. But one of those gaps really identified in the course of the inquiry was that 
um, there was a huge gap between those institutions funded by the public purse with safeguarding responsibilities and the very community, especially the BME, the BME communities in, 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 in London. You know, and um, we thought that um, together with the parents of Victoria Clembier, they needed an organization that will kind of represent the voice of the voiceless, if you like, or the voice of the community. Um, and that's how really the organization was born, um, co-founded by myself and the parents of Victoria Clembier. Now, during the course of the years, we've been campaigning for improvement in child protection and policy and a better rapprochement between um, the institutions with safeguarding responsibilities and especially, but not limited, the BME community. There's been a number of similar cases in the past 20 years. Baby P, um, Arthur Labinger Hughes, Star Hobson, which can be used as comparison to see what has improved. And if that's enough, it was never happened again. The newspaper headlines after the tragic death of Maria Colwell in 1973, a public inquiry was launched to change the law on child protection, but the killing mm -hmm. of children still occurs. Despite being um, much awareness from social services, the police, medical professions, NSPCC and teachers, I quote, lessons will be or have been learned a stock phrase trundled out by those in executive positions after a tragedy. Victoria Kilimbe's inquiry. The appointment of Law Lamy to the inquiry attracted criticism. Was this justified? Um, I'm not quite sure whether it was the appointment of Lord Lamy um, um, in the context of the, of the public inquiry is, 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 is justified or not. Um, I'm not very much aware of, of the critics prior to Lord Lemming's appointment to conduct the inquiry. But what I'm sure um, of is this, that he, he delivered, he delivered a good, a, a good job and conducted um, the inquiry in the most professional way that I can tell you because I was, I was part of it from the beginning to end. Um, um, I think in terms of the critics around his appointments, one would have to go and, 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 um, and find out the reasons of, of those critics. I mean, if you're aware of it, perhaps we can debate it on this program and I can give you my view. But in terms of, 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 of the lead of the, of the public inquiry, in terms of the law, in terms of policy and procedures, yeah. and the conduct of that, of the, and the conduct conduct of that inquiry, um, certainly Lord Lane delivered. Okay. Um, the judge in the trial following, following uh, Columbia's death describes mm -hmm. blindly incompetence from police, mm -hmm. social services, from four local authorities, NHS, NSPCC, and local mm -hmm. judges who failed to properly investigate evidence of abuse. Mm -hmm. How could all of these agencies combined be so inept? The agencies in the case, as well as the child services system in general, were widely criticized. Have these organizations subs subsequently improved? 
Well, I think I think if you you mentioned earlier around um, the 1973 um, public inquiry into the death of um, Maria Corwell. Um, yes, so, Corwell. Yeah. Um, in 1973, we had a public inquiry. Um, since then, we've had a number of inquiries up to the uh, Victoria Columbia public inquiry. Yes. Um, so, Chris, we've had improvement in terms of, 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 of the system. We've had improvement, I think, in terms of framework. Um, if we go back to 73 up until now, but equally as well, prior to the to the to the to the Victoria Columbia public inquiry, the child protection system in Britain had almost been in a disarray. So, no matter what improvement had been done post public inquiries, past public inquiries, yes, you know, I, I think we did not, we did not, we did not maintain. Um, um, the efficiency in terms of practice and implementation. Hence the reason why the system prior to Premier inquiry was or um, had been in a disarray in the sense that, you know, those agencies funded by the public purse with um, safeguarding or child protection responsibilities were not working together at all. The so they were not collaborative was, enough. No, they were not. They were not. There was no framework really identified for those agencies to work together. You know, which make the the the, the environment um, of child protection uh, child protection work quite weak. You know, and a lack of support, especially for frontline social workers. That happened for many, 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 many years. And I think, I'm sure, you know, if we look into it then, that contributed to the death of the children we've seen post, um, post uh, Maria Colwell's in 7th Street up to Victoria Columbia. Okay. So why did so many of these giving evidence to the inquiry deny responsibility for her death and shift the blame to others? Well, I think, you know, for me, I, I think those those were individuals really, um, if you remember at the start of the Victoria Columbia Public Inquiry, the agencies involved their approach, rather than taking responsibilities, they were passing the back to each other, you know. Um, and I think that contributed as well to, this, to those individuals giving evidence not to assume or take their responsibilities from the beginning. You know, um, equally as well, they were in a position where they were refusing to take responsibility or where they have even wanted to take responsibilities. They didn't want to expose the lacunes or the loopholes within the organization they were coming from. You know, um, because it, the system was just not working in terms of framework. The framework was non-existent. Um, the working together was non-existent. Um, within individual organizations, um, the environment was very poor, you know, and the focus was just not um, 
on, 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 on that child or, or on the children at all. So, so in essence, you're telling me the, the people responsible were kind of covering up for their inadequacies? Well, they, they, they were covering up. There was a, there was a big cover up in the beginning of, of the public inquiry. And this is why the reason why instead of assuming responsibilities and move on, um, the initial um, position was to pass the pack. But thank God we had an extremely diligent and, 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 and courageous lawyers in the name of Neil Garner there who managed really to, um, um, to take control of the situation and be very, um, what's the word again, and, uh, and just be very ethical, open and honest, you know, um, with, the, with the evidence that were there against those institutions and focus on them and direct the inquiry of assuming and taking responsibilities rather than passing them back. And, and, and that, was, that, was, that was the work of Neil Dunham um, at the time of the inquiry. Thank you so much for that. So the next question is Social Services Inspectorate, SSI, and Haringey Council were late in providing evidence to the inquiry and preferred all sorts of excuses as to their reasons. Why did they do this? Well, the simple answer, Grace, is that they wanted to cover up, as I mentioned earlier around. Okay. You know, I remember um, the shortcoming of Haringey in terms of delivering the, 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 the papers or the files from their offices. I mean, it took Lord Lemming really to Lord Lemming to threaten them with legal actions mm -hmm. um, um, for them to come forward with the necessary files and papers. Okay. You know, the, the the inquiry had to go into a second phase, and one of the reasons why was because you know, as the inquiry was going towards the end of the inquiry, we realized that Haringey had not delivered all the files they should have delivered to the inquiry. And that's the reason why the inquiry went um, um, into a second phase. Um, and the reason the type of behavior was nothing but to cover up um, uh, 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 their mistakes um, and how they failed Victoria Clemdier. Okay. The inquiry also heard that many of the councils were understaffed, underfunded, and poorly managed. Has this changed in the last 20 years? Um, I think I think it's 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 changed to a certain extent. Um, in the sense that there's there um the public inquiry into the death of, of, of Victoria brought us um radical change into the child protections into the child protection system in britain you know um we've managed to have to establish a a, a good framework which bring which which bring together um, the institutions i talked about with safeguarding responsibilities to work together i.e social services the police health education and so forth Okay. To work together, um, I think we have, you know, an example of that was the creation of the LSCB, the Local Safeguarding Children's Board, um, um, at the time 
um, I think I think where we fall short, Grace, and I think that is the reason why post Victoria claim here we've seen children that have died that mirror Victoria claim here. You know, Kyra Ishak, Baby P, the recent cases we've seen in England and so forth. Star Hobson, yeah. Star Hobson and, and, and so forth. And the reason why is because, you know, um, we, instead of focus of implementing the changes or the new laws or the new framework, driving the new framework efficiently, uh, I think we've um, focused more on, on, on new reviews. You know, um, and this is why we've had the Monroe, the Monroe reviews post gold blaming. We've had the Wood reviews and so forth. In my view, those reviews was totally unnecessary while we were in the middle of implementations, the changes, you know, implementations in terms of the changes. You know, and 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 that those lack of implementation led to really the, the almost the withdrawal of, of frontline staff, social workers working directly and supporting families. And part of the framework within the principle of, of, of every child matters, you know, was the language that's being used now by the current government. And that were frontline staff to be close to the community, frontline staff to be close to families, and frontline staff to work directly with children, they have responsibilities too. You know, and, and that's 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 what needs, that's 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 what needs um, to be done, Grace. And until really we began to focus on implementing legislations and procedures, I'm afraid to say we will leave to see more more children that Mira Victoria claimed here. So, so it means we'll just be going around in circles. I mean, it, it's such a sensitive topic, Grace, um, because we're talking about the protection of children here. It's sad that, you know, we have to use such terms of going around in, in, in circles when what should be done really is to work to ensure that the, uh, the abuse of children, the exploitation exploitation of children, the death of children, the serious injuries of children are stopped. You know, and the only way to do it is we make sure that if new work is being done, if the framework has been, if you have established framework here in the case of, for example, if I take the case of um, um, the work that's been done in, 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 in the claim year death, um, is to, 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 to ensure that those changes are implemented effectively and efficiently in order to put, you know, tools and barriers that will better protect children. But I'm afraid to say, you know, although we've progressed in terms of structure and organization, you know, it is sad that we continue to see Test that mirror Victoria claimed here. That should not. That should not. Um, that should not be be, be happening. Um, Post Victoria claimed here. Okay. Okay. But it was also claimed in the inquiry that the social workers were obstructing the police in dealing with child protection cases. Does this obstruction still occur? Um. Um. 
you know, in, in, in the work of the Victoria, in our advocacy um, case work, um, we haven't seen that recently. We haven't seen that recently. I think it's because it was quite clear um, in the publication of, of the report into the death of Victoria Plembier, um, it was highlighted, you know, where the responsibilities lie, basically. When, when, when a child, for example, when a child is being in an abusive situation, the lead organization is children's social care. When a crime has been committed on a child, and there is an investigation here, the lead organization is the police. So the roles were quite specifically, um, there's clarity um, around, around those roles. So I think we see less, you know, of a, for example, social worker, professional social worker try to stop a police officer from doing um, his work or whole work or from, you know, stop the police from, from, from doing their work. And I think as well, you know, the creation of the LSCBs, the London Safeguarding Children's Board, yeah. uh, made it easier so that, you know, they work together and, 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 and each of them basically um, uh, play their roles in the context of, of, of safeguarding or child protection work. Um, I think the framework was 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 quite solid to the extent that there should not, you know, we couldn't have confusion whose role it is to intervene when there is an issue with a child with a, with a child. So in 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 essence, each role was um, specifically. Yes, it was specifically. Well, put it this way: they they all knew their responsibilities. When, when there is an incident, when, when there is an issue. And I think, you know, the communication began really to be improved between, between those, those agencies. So yeah, they were, they, the, the roles were specific and they all knew um, what to do and their responsibilities. Okay. So would you say racism and or aspects of um, Afro-Caribbean culture had a relevance in the Kalimbe's case? Um, Arthur Labin, Joe Hughes' case, and Star Hobson's case. Look, I'll take a wider than, than the Afro-Caribbean communities. I think, you know, racism was, was apparent to many Black people within those institutions. You know, it's not the Afro-Caribbeans or the Asians or thing. Okay. Um, um, Grace, we're not you know, we're not talking about it, but we, but we suffer it. You and I suffer it all the time, and we see it across our practice um, within England. You know, if you if we go back into um, the death of Stephen Lawrence, yes, you know, Macpherson's report and conclusion was that highlighted the institutionalized racism that was going on in Britain. You know, unfortunately, we've, we've never really grabbed um, that, that incident on that situation to openly discuss institutionalized racism in Britain. It's never happened, sadly. 
I would but it's say. still going on. It's still going on. With the case of um, Charles Q, which is a recent case of, um, you know, well, yes. a, a police searching a black girl. That well, was last month. Well, that's right. That's, that's, that took place, I believe, in, 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 in Hackney. And I think we're just waiting um, internal in, investigation within, within the police, I believe, education. And, 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 and there's been a report, a review report delivered by Children's Social Care. Um, um, Hackney local authority or Hackney and, and city local authority, I, I, I believe. But, you know, how many years post Stephen Lawrence, how many years post Victoria Columbia and within, within the Victoria Columbia public inquiry, there was that, if I have a, a slight critique of, 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 of Lord Lemming um, in that public inquiry, it would be the fact that he shied away from addressing, you know, the issue of the racism, race, the race issue yeah. within that case, because in the London borough of Ealing, for example, you know, we picked up racism there between between management and and frontline staff or or, or, or workers. You know, um, in the hospital in Middlesex Hospital, we picked up race issues between, for example, Dr. Schwartz. And the very black person, I can't remember her name now, um, um, who was on locum at the time, I think of African background, you know, who actually challenged the diagnosis of scabies on Victoria Clendier. But I, you know, because she was black, she wasn't listened to. And because Dr. Schwartz was her, her manager and white, um, as a locum as well, she was totally disregarded. So I'm not saying, you know, I believe it was, but not, the evidence was not there, but the inquiry did give us the opportunity on both of those incidents and cases in Ealing and Middlesex Hospital to dig into the race issues, to see whether there was, there was racism involved within the practice of, or not. But nevertheless, you know, even if we disregard that, you know, there was, you know, McPherson said it in, 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 the, in the, um, the report into the death of Stephen Lawrence, that institutional racism was blatant in, in, in Britain and in England. So, so should, for further inquiries, so should the issue of race be prevalent? Well, we cannot continue to shy away from the issue of race when it's blatant in our eyes, um, 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 Grace. I mean, you've, you've mentioned it recently into the, the case of Child Q, you know, where um, 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 there is, it's highly likely that it's said in the report that racism played a part as the way in which Child Q was handled at her school. Um, we, are waiting, we are waiting the review, the national review um, being conducted by the police into the death of the recent cases. Um, 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 into the recent cases. I'm yeah, not, Arthur, um, Arthur Labinger Hughes and uh, Star Hobson's. And yeah. Star Hobson's. Yeah. Um, and, and we will see you know what? What it will? What we, it will conclude? And we will be responded to the to, to that report. 
The, the inquiry found contradictory information in NSPCC's files, with details having been altered. Religious leaders thought that her injuries were due to demonic possessions. Kindly shed more light on this. Um, I mean, it was a shame of, of the NSPCC, you know, at the time, not trying to cover, trying to cover up um, as a large um, independent organization or charity. I think they should have been, you know, the first organization really to, to lift their, hand, their hands up and said, we've made a mistake, we should have done better, um, rather than trying to alter um, um, the information um, provided to the inquiry. Um, in relation to, to the demonic positions, you know, as you know, this is why I said earlier on, you know, I think if I have a slight critique of Lord Lemmings, it uh, during the course of the inquiry was not to address the issues of race and the issue of religion um, um, during the course of, of that public inquiry. The reason why I said that I mentioned earlier around, you know, both Middlesex Hospital and Ealing, there was issues of um, racism was highlighted um, within 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 internal practices. Um, and as you know, or you may be aware that, you know, in the case of Victoria, when um, she was very 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 ill, Grace. She was very, very ill and, you know, the auntie Kwawo had taken her to the church um, to read of the demons, the so-called um, demons that, that possessed her. And I think, you know, the child was so ill, Grace, she was bent, she was so malnourished that actually her body was bent. You know, and I think at the time, um, um, with all she had, you know, together with all she had been through in terms of the physical, emotional um, um, abuse and, and, and the neglect she, she had gone through, anybody who saw that child um, as an adult, the first instinct should have been, instinct should have been really to take that child to hospital. Nowhere else but to hospital. In fact, it was not the, the church or Maritrese Kwawo who took Victoria to hospital. It was, it was a taxi driver who actually took Victoria to a fire ambulance place. Because when Maritrese took that taxi to take Victoria back to the house, the man saw Victoria and said, and Bearing in mind, Grace, that this man never had a safeguarding training. Hmm. He's never had a child protection training. Yes. He's just an adult who care. Saw the child and said that this child is so ill that I'm not taking this child to any home or anywhere and drive straight into a fire ambulance place who then took um, Victoria to, um, to hospital. This is really a sad what? story, actually. That would have been yeah. avoidable. 
it could have been to totally avoided, but I'm, I'm saying where, where the professionals have failed to identify uh, 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 Victoria or to pick up the abuse that were going on uh, a lay person, a taxi driver, sold a child. And his instinct was not this child is not going to any home. This child needs to go to hospital. Sorry, every time Grace it, I go into the case, sometimes I get emotional because it simply brings back memories, you know? Um, um, yes, yeah, uh, in terms of the, 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 the demonic possessions and, and, and work is, is, is being done, we post public inquiry. I think the Victoria Columbia Foundation UK did um, a lot of work on that together with all the, all, all, together with all the organizations and to a certain extent, even the DFE, the Department of Education and Family at the time. Um, some of the grassroots work we did was to go into the community and raise awareness of this type of, of this type of abuse, you know, using um, cases such as Victoria Clemier um, and all the cases that have that have existed to say, look, we cannot be in denial anymore. We're not saying, you know, our religion or our culture abuse children, but there is this type of abuse of abuse <clears throat> rising within 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 our community, and we need to address it in order to exercise damage limitation here. And to be honest, the community responded. You know, they were all against abuse. None of them really liked what happened to Victoria uh, and, and, and all the children, Cairo Ishak, and so forth, who suffered similar kind of similar type of abuse and eventually died under, under, under similar circumstances. Um, yeah. And that awareness, that campaign we did for a number of years um, led to, you know, the BME communities to, 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 to begin um, to talk about this type of abuse, abuse linked to faith and, 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 and belief. And um, rather than just seeing it as a taboo, I think our challenge was we wanted to, to, to bring a debate around it. Uh, because if it's such a sensitive, because it's often um, involve um, a belief system, one's belief system, or one's culture, and so forth. So it was extremely a sensitive um, topic to talk about. And I and if 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 you look into it, really, it has been perceived by these communities as a taboo for very many, 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 many years. Great. But we managed to kind of shift that taboo away from <clears throat> the community and, and open this type of abuse as a debate. And, and we did. And I think um, we went as far as the, the creation to the national working group together with the Department of Education and Family, the DFE at the time. And I chaired it for, I think, for two years or so. Um, the national working group is, is still ongoing. Um, I personally don't know. I'm a critique of the direction it's taking now because it's, it appears to be shifted. I'm no longer a member of it. 
but it appears to be shifting from the focus on children and, and into adults. Um, and almost largely has been um, taken by um, local authority institutions rather than the, 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 the voices of the communities is no longer representing in, in I think, I, I see now within the national working group and I think that's a danger for the simple reason that, you know, these communities representations are, are extremely important within uh, 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 those type of group because of the level of expertise they they hold um, 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 within 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 them or, or, or they possess. Um, so you know it is what I can say in terms of the abuse linked to faith or, or, or belief. It's almost no longer a taboo within the relevant communities, and and and. VCF contributed largely to that work, both at um, local and, and, and national level. Okay. So most of the abuse happens at home. What can be done to curb this? Does child neglect result in more death? And are children sleeping through safeguarding nets in relation to Star Hobson, Arthur Labin, Joe Hughes? What can be done to cope this? Well, um, Grace, we we have to bring back the principles of every child matters, and what I mean by by that, how we can bring that, or what I mean by that, is to ensure that we go back to almost what I would define as traditional social work, and it's very simplistic. I think over the years, social workers have distanced themselves from the communities or from the very families they are, they are, they are, they are to protect. And largely their work was um, largely almost 80% of social work time over the last few years has been on dealing with, with administration. And that is not the role of social work. If you want to curb um, um, this, it is quite simple, Grace, and not difficult, is to make sure, as I said, we go back to the principle of, of, of every child matters, and that is to ensure that social work, social workers or frontline staff work with, are in contact with the community. They are in contact with the families. They are in direct contact with the children. They work with the children. I think we've, we've, if you look at post-claim year, the number of children that have died or seriously injured, they were, they were not hidden. You know, they were not hidden at all, Grace, in the sense that they had contact either with professionals at school, hospital, or within the local authorities. But sadly, as what happened with Victoria, they, nobody spoke to those children as nobody did not speak to Victoria, you know? And we need, we need to bring back that, that, that principles of every child matters, ensure that social workers work directly with, with, with families and children and that the focus of their work are on the child rather than anybody else. Okay. 
one of the things as well that um, um, that's been almost a barrier to social workers' practice is the lack of decision making. You know, they will sit on a case, they will work with the family, they will do a visit, but recently have not been able to make any decision. You talk to a social worker who's in a situation with a family or a child, but will tell you, I cannot make a decision until I've gone back to my manager. You know, and I think the reason why that's happening is that establish that establishment of middle manager within social work practice. Social workers, frontline staff needs to be empowered, they need to be empowered, and they need, we need to allow them to make that judgment and that decision when dealing with that case or when dealing with that child. But it is wrong in my view, absolutely wrong, not to allow the social worker, the individual social worker or social workers or frontline staff not to be able to make decisions when dealing with cases. It's, it's absolutely wrong to be saying that I need to go to my manager to make a to, to inform my manager to make a decision. I think they should be allowed to really make those decisions that are there to protect and save their children. I actually agree with you, uh, Maura, for that, because they are the ones in contact with their families, they're the ones in contact with the children, not the manager. The only thing I believe the manager can do is to give guidelines and make sure they are doing the job properly. So, well, that's um, and, and that's why I mentioned that, um, the, I mentioned empowerment of frontline staff earlier around. You know, the manager is there, the manager is there to monitor, to monitor the work, of, and to support, in fact, not just to monitor, but equally as well to support, yeah. you know, yeah. that frontline staff or that social worker. The manager is there to review the file at times together with the social worker. But it's entirely, it should be entirely under the responsibilities of that social worker to make that decisions that will save or protect that child. Thank you. So does uh, child neglect re result in more death and are children sleeping through safeguarding nets in relation to star hopsins and overlapping your heels? Well, I think we've seen an example of, 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 um, of star hopsins recently and, and Arthur Labinger huge um, recently sleeping through net. That's why I mentioned earlier on it's what, um, so sad around these cases is that they they mirror Victoria Clambier case in the sense that you know they were not entirely isolated these children, these children at one point you know they have come into contact with with professional if it's not from a professional from local authority and social worker or someone in education or someone in health. You know, and what is it that a taxi driver can pick up, you know, a child who's been ill and make sure that child is taken to hospital, uh, 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 that we as professionals trying to do this job, you know, cannot pick up this sign, the sign of abuse on children. What is it? It's a question I ask 
um, 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 grace. We, we, we cannot identify these, ch these children at early stage. Um, the other thing is, if you look at, you know, these cases, they are not individual failures of frontline staff, Grace. It's, it's, it, if you analyze it deep in depth, often it's a systematic failure. You know, and, and this need to be addressed, you know. It's not just the frontline staff, but you know, it's management, it's coming from top to bottom, the failures and not bottom to top. So we need to address why, why these systematic failures. And I think for me, the reason why is there hasn't been a culture of accountability. We don't call for these people to account often. What tends to happen is, you know, you have a review. The reviews, if you look at the outcome of these reviews over the last 20 years, they are more of the same. As you mentioned in one of your questions, we will learn lessons will be learned. Lack of communication, etc., etc. You know, we cannot afford to continue to have to, to, to have that. So I think. You know, it's about time when there are such cases, we call for accountability and probably I go as far as to look into corporate punishment. Because so do you want someone, do you want people, um, when, you know, in terms of the system, somebody should be culpable, somebody should uh, serve as a deterrent for, for failures. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Unless we do that, unless we address that um, um, race, I'm afraid we will continue to see, you know, the system failing these children. I think the people at the top should be called to, to, to account for whatever has happened or whatever that, that, that for, you know, whatever caused the failure of those children being exposed to serious injuries or death. Hmm, that's quite um, thought-provoking. So, so you know, in, recently, I think it was last week, Baby P's mom, Tracy Connelly, has been said uh, will pose a low risk of reoffending, according to the parole board. In what are your views on this? Um. Well, I think really my views on this are that um, I will go back to the, to, to the proceedings or to the judges to make sure that, you know, the sentence um, of, 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 of these perpetrators of these um, crime are not lenient. You know, I believe with with um, with Baby P, with Tracy Connolly, um, I heard she had been released before on parole, and something went wrong, and then she went back to she went back to to, to prison and so forth. Uh, but I have a mixed feeling on on release. For me, if we believe that this, the, the her sentencing had done had not been lenient and that she served her sentence 
you know um then perhaps perhaps the right thing is to release to release her but in order to ensure that um she's not a threat to the community she's not a danger to society um we ought to to monitor her we can't just release her and and, and leave her perpetrators of abuse on children are they inhumane brutal sadistic or there is an underlying mental health issue um i think they cruel certainly you know if you can be with a defenseless child a vulnerable child um and set to abuse the child either sexually physically um emotionally or or neglect you know that person is not just inhuman inhuman but degrading um you know it will be extremely difficult to eradicate totally eradicate um child abuse simply because i think within our society there are people out there that are just determined to hurt children because of because they are vulnerable um um and because they are defenseless um i don't know i don't believe they are you know i don't believe they are mentally unwell um i don't personally think they have health issues i just think they are in my view vicious people determined to to hurt you know children who are often vulnerable and defenseless and 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 that's my that's that's my view around it around you know perpetrators of children any final words um i think the work continues grace um certainly um the victoria columbia foundation uk will continue to campaign um globally at against the abuse of children um i think the work goes on in terms of um campaigning for improvement in child protection policy and practices um within the uk um the work goes on in terms of bringing better rapport between those agencies funded by the public first to protect our children and the bme communities um through our advocacy case work we continue to do that um we have a position we have a position in terms of the national review that's being conduct, conducted um in the death of um star hobson and and arthur lobinjo um nationally you know that 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 work that work continues i i think you know the focus in terms of child protection work should always be on the child um 
we must involve um, those representing, especially at community level, those children um, at community level, that their voices are heard at the decision-making level. We must ensure that, you know, um, they are, the voice of the community is represented at that, you know, around the table where decisions are, are being made in terms of policy and practices. Um, we believe that, to be honest, the national review that's being conducted into the death of Star Hobson and, and, and Arthur Bobidjo um, needs to go much wider than just a national review. Um, we are waiting on the conclusion um, and publication of that report, and we will look forward to respond um, to the national review that's being conducted by the government at the moment. Thank you, uh, Mordiam, for coming on this show. If you've enjoyed this episode, kindly subscribe, comment, and leave a review. See you on the next episode. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. For more Rising Above Shadows of Abuse news, head to our Instagram.com page or YouTube.com page forward slash Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. And our email address is rising above shadows of abuse at gmail.com to interact with us. See you soon. Rising above shadows of abuse podcast with Grace Offbar. If you've enjoyed this particular episode, kindly subscribe, comment and leave a review. See you on our next episode. Bye for now.